And we're back with an episode of the MDM Podcast. Joe Morales, Trevor Markowski here with you. And today we are joined with a very special guest, Dave Popkin. He's one half of the Seton Hall radio broadcast tandem along with Gary Cohen. He's also the voice of the NEC Conference on the CBS Sports Network. He does radio play-by-play for the Buffalo Bisons and works on a bunch of different sports in FS1. He's also someone I look up to very highly in the broadcast industry. What's happening, Dave? Did I hit all the different jobs? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Always good to talk to you. Um, Dave, lots of new faces in South Orange this year. We'll, we'll, we'll start with Shaheen Holloway, who, of course, is a former player. He's here to replace Kevin Willard. And, Dave, you know a lot of people inside of that building. What's the excitement level like? Everybody's thrilled. You know, I think that even if uh, St. Peter's hadn't made their historic run in the NCAA tournament, that Shaheen would have gotten the job anyway. Um, he's a favorite son there. He's a great assistant, great player. Um, you know, we knew he was a good recruiter, but I think he proved this year in the MAC tournament and the NCAA tournament um, the kind of X's and O's coach and motivator that he is. So, um, I think that it was the easiest hire of all time, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was it was teed up for Seton Hall and Brian felt to uh, to bring back a guy that Brian had already hired uh, at St. Peter's and made him look smart at St. Peter's, and I think he's going to do the same thing. And um, he, he doesn't make a mess from the players, but they seem to really love to play for him, and He's in the mix with some pretty high-level recruits right now, so uh, I'm happy about it. I'm excited about the season. Dave, great to have you on. And, um, you know, Kevin Willard really brought this team, you know, from pretty bad years to really good years. And Shaheen Holloway is going to have a tough act to follow. What do you expect from him? Do you expect anything different from Kevin Willard? You know, the same. What do you expect from the new coach? I actually, Trevor, expect him to take you to the next level. Um I think that already uh, next year's team is much deeper than the last two teams um, and may rival like the 2016 to 18 kind of pirates with uh, Desi Rodriguez and Kadeem Carrington and Angel Delgado. Oh yeah. Isaiah Whitehead and those guys. Um, I think it'll be uh, that kind of team. And I would be surprised if they're not picked in the top, three or four of the big East. I would be surprised if they don't make the NCAA tournament. Um, and then it's just a matter of like your draw, right? <laughs> Kevin got unlucky with the draw a lot of times uh-huh. uh, in the NCAA tournament, you know, places to play tough times, tough opponents, um, teams, you know, playing, playing teams like Gonzaga as a 10 seed or whatever that were, you know, way under and had NBA players on their team. Um, he had a little bit of bad luck. So you got to, you know, sometimes you make your own. I think he had some bad draws, to be fair. Yeah, I expect Shaheen to not only, you know, continue what Kevin did, but take it to the next level. Dave, we're going to see a lot of new players this year. Most of them transfers, and that's what you get with a new regime. But one of the ones I'm most excited about comes from Shaheen's old school. Now we're getting Casey Nadifo, who... um. Big men play up front. Do you expect him to slide into the role that Ike Obiagu had last year, or will there be some sort of competition from within? 
you know, I think that they have three guys for two spots, and they'll all play a lot of minutes with uh, Nazefo and Alexis Yetna, who was a great get. To, it seemed like he was for sure going to go to Europe and play, uh, and Shaheen convinced him to come back. And I thought it was great because now it'll give him a chance to, you know, maybe be an NBA player or at least you know make more money in Europe after a more successful uh, Big East season. Um, I think that if you start Yetna. <sighs> And Nadefo together, um, they can guard pretty much any front court, you know, in the Big East. You might have, you know, some issues in non-conference play with the Kansas or something like that. But, you know, Nadefo proved in the NCAA tournament he was able to guard very big guys, <laughs> you know, yep. Kentucky and Purdue and uh, Murray State and all these teams had, you know, big, big centers. So, you know, I, I would expect those guys and then maybe you bring Tyree Samuel off the bench and then go smaller uh, after that. But... Uh, that was the big gap, right, on the team. There were a lot of guards, a lot of wings, uh, but to get Nadefo and Yetna really completed the <clears throat> roster, and it makes them a contending team. You mentioned Yetna Maiko Pro, and I shared that. I'm going to call it a fear because I didn't want to lose him, but you're right. I thought he would go pro also, but two of the guys from last year that have aspirations of going pro, like Ike and like Jared Roden, what? Do, how do you gauge their interest level or or the team's interest level in pro basketball, whether it's the NBA or overseas? What's the interest level like for those two? I haven't heard much on Ike. You know, I'm sure that he could go overseas and and make a decent chunk of money and hopefully get in one of the better <laughs> leagues. You know, like a, a Germany or Italy or Greece, and not get sent to a you know some political boiling point or it's you know, being, being threatened by war um, because Russia, um, you know, is, is a big issue right now, obviously for all those countries over there um, for some of the, you know, the good leagues like Poland and uh, et cetera. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably Ike's path, you know, maybe G league. Uh, he declared for the I draft, really... right? Hmm? He declared for the draft. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone. He's, he's definitely gone. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah. He told me personally, and he he told um, Shaheen and everybody, you mm-hmm. know that that he's he's done. So, um, he uh, and Roden, I mean, really helped his stock, you know, at, at all three camps that he went to, and then at individual workouts with teams. I mean, I think he's met with the Nets several times, the mm-hmm. Jazz, the Knicks, um, you know. So if he does not get drafted in the second round. Uh, I think that, you know, he gets signed by somebody, you know, to either play on their G League team or play on a two-way contract like a like a Mamu, uh, Miles Powell, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't think he's a no-brainer to get drafted, but he did definitely help his stock, and I think he'll be able to play domestically, and, uh, and he's got a lot of upside. You know, I love Jared. Um, as a guy and as a player, and I think that he'll have success. But it wouldn't shock you if he's, if he's going late in the second round? It would not shock me. Mm-hmm. Got it. Dave, I know it's uh, only June and we're several months away from November, but from an early look, how does this team stack up against the rest of the, the Big East heading into next season? It's a good question. Um, I think that Creighton is the best team right now. I've seen them in national top fives, like number two, number three. Wow. Uh, they, they have a lot of guys back, and uh, and they brought in some, you know, some top players as well. Um, they're dangerous, and they have – and now that Jay Wright is gone, maybe the best coach in the league. So, um, yeah, and that's always a tough place to play. You know, if you get a chance to go out there, um, you know, Joe, I know you're going to be doing Seton Hall games, and 
it's it's really a great trip. It's a great city, and that place is like an NBA building, but a college atmosphere. It's a very tough place to win in Omaha. So uh, I think Creighton's the best. You know, I, Villanova brings back 70% of their rotation from a Final Four team and, you know, a coach that's going to stick with the Jay Wright system. So they have to be in the top three. Uh, UConn's going to be very tough this year. Um, I would I'd be surprised if they're not in the top three or four. And then Seton Hall, you know, and then after that, Xavier really flamed out at the end of last year, but they have a good, you know, coach that they're bringing back and Sean Miller, and they're bringing a lot of their players back. So uh-huh. that probably rounds out your top five. You can't discount Ed Cooley and Providence. I mean, after what they did last year, he's proved he's one of the best coaches in the country. So just with that, you know, you're looking at a, a very good league that, you know, could get six teams in. And then, you know, DePaul in the mix with top recruits now. You know, so if your worst team or your second to worst team or whatever is going to be good, that makes the league a lot better. And those league wins mean more, you know, in terms of the computer rankings and just, <clears throat> you know, being able to run that gauntlet, you know, of, of 20 league games. So, uh, I think the league is going to be as good or better than last year. Dave, you mentioned DePaul, and, and real quick, I don't want to shy too far off of Seton Hall, but I would watch DePaul last year, and I would be like, this team is probably going to be a pain in the behind to any one of the contending teams in the Big East this year. They were young, they were quick, at points they were sharp. I am not counting out DePaul this year at all. I agree. Um their coach, Tony Stubblefield, knows how to recruit and motivate. And um, they lost their second-best player, uh, David Jones. Uh, he transferred out. But mm-hmm. they are still going to be good. You know, I mean, they, they've been in the mix with some high-level recruits. And it's the perfect arena. It's not on campus, but it's downtown. And it's it's the perfect size arena for them. If they can get it going a little bit and get some people in there, um, you know, that could be a tough place to win. And for whatever reason, you know, Seton Hall had a lot of trouble with uh, DePaul last year. Um, the, the game out there was insane. Um, I was mm-hmm. doing the game by myself, and it was like, I don't know, 97 to 94, something mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, score. So, um, yeah, but it remains to be seen. I think their biggest problem last year was not talent. It was just like, experience closing out games they lost a lot of close games they didn't really have a great point guard and um you know just being able to finish off you know a good opponent by not turning the ball or making free throws doing those winning things mm-hmm. uh if they can figure that out you know they could figure so dave two new players that are coming into shaheen holloway's program dre davis and alamir Dawes. what kind of players are we getting in them step into the starting lineup and be the starting two guard next to Kadari Richmond, a uh, guy that, you know, has ACC experience, uh, scored 11 points a game at Clemson, a uh, good defender, kind of coming back home. Shaheen Holloway really likes him, long relationship with him. So I think he'll step in and play a lot. Um, both Davises, uh, I think, play. Uh, Dre Davis and Tay Davis, his younger brother, um, you know, one was playing at Louisville, one was committed to Louisville and decommitted and went to Seton Hall with his brother. And these guys are like athletic wings that 
uh, are just good rotation guys. You know, they're Shaheen Holloway kind of players, athletic, you know, they'll press, they'll run, they'll score, um, defend, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, the younger Davis is actually the, the higher level recruit, so he might have more like scoring upside, uh, but I think they'll both play. Um, and Femi uh, Odakali, the guy from Pitt, is in that mode as well, like mm-hmm. real athletic and dunk on you and defend, you know, kind of a, a tall wing. So I think those guys, all four of those guys, you know, will be in the rotation. Dave, um, one thing I'm noticing with the all these new recruits and the transfers coming in, they're all regarded as good defenders. Do you see it that way too? Totally. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of player that Shaheen is going to recruit um, because it's like pitching in baseball, right? Defense travels. So if you know you're going to keep your opponent to under 65 points every game, you're going to win. <laughs> you're just going to win like 80% of your games. You're, it's it, Even if you have an off-shooting day, if you have a great defending team that buys in and communicates and, and accepts their role, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like when you have a deep team, and you have 10 or 11 or 12 guys that deserve to play, um, will they be okay playing 15 minutes a game, you know, or 17 minutes a game, Mm -hmm. um, you know, playing off the bench, stuff like that. If he gets them to buy in and do that, uh, he'll be able to press a lot. And then, and then you get easy baskets, right? You get, you get deflections, you get out in transition. You don't have to grind it out in the half court. You can pick up the tempo and have more possessions. Like it's winning basketball. So, um, it's really more of a Rick Pitino style than Kevin Willard was playing. And there's no bigger disciple of Pitino than Kevin Willard. You know, I think that Shaheen plays that way and, you know, he wants the big momentum plays, steals, blocks, dunks, like that gets your team going. It gets them to defend harder and it gets the crowd into it. And I think that Seton Hall basketball is going to be a tough ticket this year. Very good to hear. Very good to hear. Trevor, go ahead. Dave, you talked about, uh, you know, returning starters from Creighton and Villanova. You know, with a new coach and, you know, transfer portal, portal now, how many starters are returning or key players for Seton Hall this year? Well, I think Kadari Richmond starts at the point, and that might be the only weakness I could see on the team. Like, who's the backup point guard? I think a lot of guys could do it. You know, Jameer Harris did it in the pinch last year, got better at it. His brother, his younger brother, Jaquan, is coming in from St. Thomas Aquinas High School in New Jersey. He could be the backup point guard. He's very good. Um, he's kind of a tall point that can really pass it. Um, but returners, uh, you know, I mean, you could see Jameer Harris start at the two, or you could see him as like a designated shooter off the bench. Trey Jackson could start at the three or four. Um, Shaheen Holloway really likes Jackson. Uh, he was inconsistent and, you know, frankly, not that great down the stretch. But he had some moments of brilliance. I mean, there were five games this year that they don't win if Trey Jackson doesn't go off, including at Michigan. So um, he has I, – I, he might have – I'm looking at the roster. He might have the most NBA upside uh, of any player on the roster, Trey Jackson. Wow. Uh, so I think he is definitely, like, in your top seven rotation. So he's a big one to return. Tyree Samuel, who knows? You know, who knows? He, he brings you back some size. And he showed flashes of brilliance as well. And, you know, good offensive rebounder and catches the ball well for a big guy. So, you know, all those guys plus Yetna means you have some veterans. I mean, you have guys like well into their 20s, 23, 24, 25 years old 
that can be a, a good base for this team. Dave, you already mentioned some of the different recruits that have um, been brought in already. Um, Jameer Harris's younger brother, Jaquan Harris, coming in here. What's uh, Have you seen him play at all? Anything you can tell us about him? Actually, I have. Um, I saw him in high school once, and then I saw highlight reels after that. And he is a good combo guard. I'd say he's more of a point guard, good passer, um, like 6'4", so he's pretty, you know, pretty big and good handle, good confidence, uh, unselfish player, plays defense. Tell he was going to be, you know, a Big East caliber player. Even I saw him two years ago. You could tell then that he could have stepped in then and played for Seton Hall. Awesome. Um, So I I think that, you know, with this depth, I'm not sure how many minutes he gets this year, but, you know, hopefully he gets to play, you know, some time on the floor with his brother and that they give him a shot because, you know, I think he's a good glue guy, Um, you know, maybe score you 10 points and have five assists, that kind of player. Um, And then uh, Jaquan Sanders, is a freshman that's coming in and he had committed to St. John's. He committed. Evan Willard got him to come. Holloway got him to stay. So <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him. You know, I, he, he was a higher level recruit than Harris. So I think that he could be in the mix for minutes too. So it's really like who's healthy, who's playing defense. Uh, what is the, what is the mix? Like that's, that's Holloway's job now besides finishing the schedule and picking his third assistant coach, it's finding out the rotation, how many guys is he going to play, maybe try some different things during the non-conference before he gets to Big East play. Dave, with the new coach and, you know, a couple of transfers coming in and guys leaving, are you concerned that this team can get off to a slow start, you know, before they, you know, come together and, you know, mesh the right way? I'd be surprised. Uh, I think that the only reason they might is just because they're playing such good teams, right? They have to play at Kansas. Uh, They have to play Rutgers, um, who's going to be good again this year. They have to play in Orlando, and that's a tournament that's stacked um, this year. Um, They have a whole host of, you know, of difficult games that that they have to play. So um, I I think they're going to play Iona at the Garden and make that game up. That probably won't be easy. Um, So... I don't think it would be a function of, like, the team not being good or being ready. I just think that, you know, they've got it stacked up pretty well to have attractive TV opponents and, like, computer-friendly opponents where if you win it, great, really helps your net. And if you lose it, doesn't hurt you too much because you're playing people on the road, you're playing on neutral sites, you're playing you know, top 25 caliber teams. So I think the schedule, the aggressive scheduling is smart. Uh, they could end up losing some games there, but, you know, I think in the long run it would help them. Joe Morales, Trevor Markowski with Dave Popkin. Just a couple more things, Dave. You mentioned the new assistant coaches he's bring, he's brought in. Who are they, and um, what are we getting out of them? Uh, Ryan Whalen was the guy that was like a director of basketball operations at Seton Hall under Kevin Willard, and he knew Shaheen <clears> there. <throat> Shaheen brought him over to St. Peter's, and he became like an X's and O's wizard, and mm-hmm. among other things, you know, kind of, managing the whole program, really, for Shaheen. Uh, terrific guy. New Jersey guy. Love him. I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, Rasheen Davis is a guy that really worked his way up, um, you know, from lower levels of college basketball to uh, St. Peter's with Shaheen. Brought in that, you know, a lot of those guys that were on that Elite Eight team 
and is now doing a good job, you know, recruiting at Seton Hall already. Mm -hmm. So that he's really like a recruiter. And then we don't know, you know, who the third guy is going to be. Shaheen just told John Rothstein this week that he would make an announcement by the end of this week. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Greg Carenda, the former FCU coach, was in the mix to be like, you know, the veteran head Mm -hmm. on the bench to help him out. Um, He recruited Shaheen to Seton Hall in the first place, like back in the 90s. Um, So they have a long relationship. I'm not sure if that will be the move um, or if he'll, you know, go for a different veteran coach. If he'll go for a young guy, Um, not sure how much money he has left, you know, in his in his assistance pool. Mm -hmm. But um, he said he wanted to take his time. And he's done enough of the recruiting, you know, with the other two guys and the roster is full. So he, there's really no reason to rush at this point. Um, he just wants to make the right choice. And I'm sure he will. Dave, the, the, what would you say is the one thing that Seton Hall has to improve from from last year? I would say that rebounding was an issue. And that's why it was so important to get uh, Yetna and Nadefo back because they're both excellent rebounders um, and Nadefo replaces Obiagu's shot blocking. So uh, I think that was the deficit. I think that for whatever reason, they just didn't show as much grit as TCU in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they knew Willard was leaving. Maybe they were just out tough. I, I don't know, but I think that could be remedied with this roster. Um, and I think that, it was just a weird year, right? Aiken, Bryce Aiken was leading them to wins early. Yep. Michigan, Texas, you know, some, some really good wins and helping them close games out, uh, UConn. And then he gets hurt and they have to, it takes them like a month to figure out, okay, how do we play with Harris more? How does Richmond take a larger role? Um, Richmond was sick that whole time as he was trying to like, you know, take more of a role. So they went through a swoon and they had to, you know, figure it out. And they started to win in February once they started to uh, develop a different way to win games. So um, if they can figure out early on in the season, you know, who the go-to guys are, you know, for your big shots, or if it's going to be an equal opportunity thing, um, that's, that's a big question mark for me. But um, I just think overall, you know, the depth of the team and the rebounding and, and both of those things were addressed. What's funny, Dave, is when I was first be, uh, getting accoladed to, to watching Seton Hall hoops, what I like to do is I like to do my research. I like to know the history of my teams. And one thing that was apparent to me under Kevin Willard was how poorly they played in the month of January. So it, that's that's one thing that I hope under Shaheen Holloway that changed. I know it's a, it's, it's a, it's a funky thing that, that probably has nothing to do with with Kevin Willard. But that's one thing I noticed that I, when I was looking back on previous years, when I was first started watching the games, they would play horribly in January and, and it showed last year too. Yeah. I think each year was different. You know, I mean, I think that the results ended up being the same, that they lost a lot of games in that month, but you know, it's almost like it's a function of your schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? Kevin right. would always say that. Like if you have to play at Villanova and at Creighton, and, you know, at St. John's and some of these games early in your schedule, then your January schedule is not going to be good, you know, and, you, and you're going to have a much better record late. Um, if you get injured or you get COVID in January and not in February, you're going to lose games. So I think all of those things happened um, over the last couple of years. And 
it just happened to be at that time of year. I mean, you could also say, hey, maybe it was a, a function of their practice schedule mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't know. I mean, they do the same thing on the road all the time. So it's, and they travel well. So it's not like they can't play on the road, but um, I don't know. I think it was kind of different every year and you can't generalize it. One more thing before we get you out of here, Dave. Last year, like you mentioned before, they had a, a, a tough pre-conference schedule, but they had big wins against Texas and against Michigan. Regardless of how they do in their pre-conference schedule this year, where do you see them in the top 25 national ranks to open the year? Or if they if they even are ranked? It's a good question. I haven't seen them in any of the early top 25s. Um, I think that they probably have to go and win a couple you know, of those early non-conference games to be ranked. Um, I'm not sure if it really matters. You know, I think it's more important to be like a top 30 net team uh, or top 30 Ken Palm team mm-hmm. so that you can be like, you know, a five or a six seed and avoid some of these horrible draws that they've right, gotten. Right. That, that's the goal, you know, and whether they're ranked or not, you know, I, I don't think it'll matter. Um, there's enough opportunities on their schedule, including the Big East games, that, you know, if they play 666 basketball or 700 basketball or something like that, they're going to be ranked because they're going to have so many quality wins. Um, I think that some teams that brought more guys back, like Villanova, Xavier, um, those teams are maybe ranked higher nationally just because the writers and the coaches know those guys better. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, Seton Hall has a, a sneaky good roster. They're going to be a very tough out. Dave, we really appreciate you coming on. I look forward to hooking up with you later in the summer and uh, and uh, talk some more Seton Hall hoops. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's always good uh, hanging out with you guys, and uh, I'll see you soon. Take care, Dave. And that was Dave Popkins, Seton Hall basketball broadcaster. We'll be back later tonight to break down the Rangers and Lightning Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Take care, everybody.